In this episode, we talk about habit stacking and why it works. Get excited because this is Tiny Leaps. Big change, big change. Welcome to another episode of Tiny Leaps. Big Changes, where I share simple strategies you can use to get more out of your life. My name is Greg Clunas, and in this episode, we are diving deep into the topic of habit stacking. We're going to be looking at what it is, why it works, what you should expect as you go through it, and how to increase effectiveness. So this is going to be a super good episode. Two quick things. One, uh, if you haven't already, be sure to follow us on Instagram at Tiny Leaps. Just do a quick search at Tiny Leaps. And once you give us a follow, drop a message or a comment on any of our posts. I'd love to get into a conversation with you. And then the second is before we get into this episode, let's look at today's sponsor. For the last few months or so, I've been on a journey to build a better relationship with my food and lose a few pounds, which is why I'm so excited about today's sponsor. What if I told you, you could get high quality organic and non-GMO groceries delivered to your door for a lot less than you're paying now, and you could help out families in need. That's what I'm doing ever since I discovered Thrive Market. As a Thrive Market member, I get the products I love and my paid membership provides a free one for someone in need, like a low-income family, a teacher, a veteran, or a first responder. One of my favorite features on their website is the ability to shop by diet, values, or ingredients. So, for example, I've found that I have the most success in my weight loss journey if I eat a high-protein, low-carb diet. Now, when I go to the Thrive Market website, I can filter out everything that doesn't fit that criteria just by clicking a few buttons. It honestly makes shopping a whole lot easier, and it allows me to find new foods that I can try with confidence. Plus, as a member, I'm saving 25 to 50% off traditional retail prices and their low carbon neutral shipping is free on orders over $49. So not only do I feel great about getting a deal on my favorite clean organic products, but I also feel great about helping to support families who need it most. In addition to membership matching, Thrive Market is matching donations to their COVID-19 relief fund dollar for dollar. So try Thrive Market and become a member risk-free. Head over to thrivemarket.com slash tiny leaps. Join today and you'll get up to $20 in shopping credit towards your first order. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash tiny leaps to start your risk-free membership and get up to $20 toward your first order. Thrivemarket.com slash tiny leaps. Okay, so what exactly is habit stacking? Many of you listening might already know this, but just for the sake of getting all on the same page, let's take a look at this quote by an article on Esquire.com. Of course, I've got all articles referenced linked up in the description of this episode, so be sure to check that out. So quote, 
Also termed habit chaining, the process involves grouping together small activities into a routine which you link to a habit already set in your day. This makes the routine memorable and anchors your new habits to an existing trigger. Or in simpler terms, use the things you already remember to do to remind you to do something else, like reading one chapter of a book when you get into bed. End quote. So the idea of habit stacking is actually very straightforward. There are two main types of behavior. There's autonomous behavior and then there is conscious behavior. So autonomous behavior naturally are things that we just sort of do. Maybe we're aware of it, but we're not really sitting and thinking about it too much. And then, of course, conscious behavior are the things we choose to do, the, uh, the areas of our life where we have to make a conscious choice to get something accomplished. Now, habit stacking takes advantage of something that is maybe an automatic behavior because it's become a habit. It's something that we uh, have done over and over again for our entire lives. And therefore it just tends to happen. Things like brushing our teeth, flossing, getting to bed around the same time, drinking water when we wake up, things that like are, are pretty automatic. We take advantage of that and we use it to create what's called a trigger. Now a trigger's job is exactly what it sounds like. It's to signal that something else needs to happen. Now, if we think back to the experiment with Pavlov's dogs. Now, if you haven't heard of this, uh, this is referring to the Pavlovian theory, which is essentially just a learning theory, right? So the idea is that if you pair a stimulus with a conditioned response, you can trigger a conditioned response without the actual stimulus. So going back to the idea of habit stacking, this is how that works. We are pairing uh, the idea of brushing our teeth, that is our trigger, something we always do, with whatever response. So let's use a recent guest of the show, Carl Stabe. So he actually recommended in his interview, uh, which was episode 533 and 534, that we use the time that we are brushing our teeth to practice gratitude, right? So he suggested that during this time, you should list out the three things you're grateful for from that day. Now, this is a phenomenal idea. In this example, we are taking brushing our teeth as a trigger. We're using that to say, okay, we're going to condition this response. Every time we brush our teeth, we're going to practice gratitude. Over time, these two activities get paired. And so every time you brush your teeth, you feel the need to practice gratitude in the same way that in Pavlov's experiment, every time he rang the bell, the dogs would salivate. Even when there was no food present, they would salivate because they paired the idea of eating food with the idea of a bell ringing. So that's how habit stacking tends to work is by pairing a trigger, something that we're going to do with an action and we can improve its effectiveness by even then pairing a reward on the end. So we would essentially have trigger, action, reward. If we can set up these two to three things in our day to day, we can use that to build habits faster and more effectively. And something I want to talk about in this episode uh, that we've we've talked about a few times, but I want to keep driving it home is this idea of classical conditioning, because that is essentially what is going on here. So to read a quick quote here from verywellmind.com, uh, classical conditioning involves placing a neutral signal before a naturally occurring reflex. In Pavlov's classic experiment with dogs, the neutral signal was the sound of a tone and the 
naturally occurring reflex was salivating in response to food. By associating the neutral stimulus with the environmental stimulus, food, the sound of the tone alone could produce the salivation response. Now, things are a little bit different because the habit you're trying to build is not naturally occurring, right? It's not a reflex to the reward. But by still pairing the trigger with the thing you're trying to build and the reward afterwards, you give yourself the ability to associate those three things together. And by using that trigger that is going to happen, you start to then feel the need to do the second thing, the actual habit you're trying to build. So let's look at uh, a, a little bit deeper into classical conditioning because it actually works over five stages. And, and this is something I found really interesting. So the first is the acquisition of a new behavior. So acquisition is the initial stage of learning when a response is first established and gradually strengthened. During the acquisition stage of classical conditioning, a neutral stimulus is repeatedly paired with an unconditioned stimulus. So in this case, we are repeatedly pairing the trigger with the action, the thing that we're trying to get ourselves to do. Now, stage two is called extinction. Extinction is when the occurrences of a conditioned response decrease or disappear. In classical conditioning, this happens when a conditioned stimulus is no longer paired with an unconditioned stimulus. So, for example, if you were to be pairing, let's say, brushing your teeth with gratitude and you decided you're going to practice your gratitude at night when you brush your teeth, then you decide one day that you wanted to do it earlier in the day. This can lead to habit extinction because it's no longer being paired with the trigger that it was originally paired with. So does that mean that you can't change the time of day that you build that habit? No, of course not. But you do have to realize that by doing so, you are essentially starting over. There's no longer a connection between the two activities. And so by trying to either pair it to a different habit or just simply moving it without pairing it to anything, because now you think, well, this is a habit, you're actually reducing your chances of getting it done and starting over because that time frame is not actually habitual. It's not about the time frame. It's about the pairing between the two activities. When you pair a task with another task, you associate those two things together and that association becomes the conditioned response. So this is important to know. It's, it's not just about the behavior. And just because you turn a behavior into a habit does not necessarily mean that that habit is there forever. So the third stage we want to look at is spontaneous recovery. Now, this is, quote, sometimes a learned response can suddenly reemerge even after a period of extinction. Spontaneous recovery is the reappearance of the conditioned response after a rest period or period of lessened response. So the idea here is that uh, as you go through, you build this habit. Let's say you decide to move it to a different time of day or uh, just away from that particular pairing. Sometimes that habit can start to, to die out, start to, to feel less of a pull and then just randomly come back. This idea of spontaneous recovery, while not necessarily valuable for us to know about, there's nothing we can really do to cause it to happen. It does happen. And, and it's important that we fully understand how this process works. 
So those are three of the five stages of classical conditioning that I thought were worth bringing up here. And as we sort of wrap up this episode, I do just want to take everything that we learned and put it into a nice bow for you. So here's some key takeaways. Number one, habit stacking is the process of pairing a new habit with an existing one. By doing this, we create a relationship between the trigger, i.e. the habit that is already there and the action that we are trying to to gain the the habit that we're trying to build. And we can improve this process. We can make it more effective by adding a reward after the action. So these three activities get paired together and that becomes a strong bond that uh, we're more likely to follow through. Now, the second big takeaway is that this works because of classical conditioning, which ties new behaviors to existing behaviors. And then finally, when trying to build new habits, you're going to go through periods of acquisition where you're starting to gain the habit, extinction, where it just dies out and it dies out in part because the pairing between the trigger and the action dies away and spontaneous recovery sometimes where it just randomly pops back up. So I hope this is helpful to some of you out there. Uh, Ultimately, what I think we can walk away with with this is that if we want to build habits, if we want to be more successful and consistent in the things we do, we can start looking at habit stacking as a tool to accomplish that. And if we want to make that even more valuable to ourselves, we can pair a trigger with an action and a reward. If we can sit down and figure out what those three things are going to be, we'll have the tools we need to build better, stronger habits. So thank you so much for tuning in. As I said in the beginning, if you want to connect with us over on Instagram, head over to Instagram and do a search for Tiny Leaps. I'm being far more active on that platform than I have been in the past. And it is a great way to see the visual side of this show. It's also a great way to connect directly with me. So just give us a follow, drop a message or a comment anywhere, and I will be sure to get back to you. Thank you so much for tuning in. I've been Greg Clunas. And remember that all big changes come from the tiny leaps you take every day. Every day.